play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your obnoxious commissioner and host of the show, Maddie C. Tell you what, we have got a great show on today, but I'll do my usual spiel here too because, uh, you know, we're always evolving the people who are listening to the show. And for those who don't know, the Astros were a gridiron team that started here in the ACT in Canberra on the beautiful Brown Island of Australia. And over time, the team, you know, the playing days finished, but the Fantasy League started in around 2010, right about the time the team finished up. And since then, we've been 11 seasons deep, growing the league out to 16 owners who are all Aussies and we also have some pretty unique scoring. So it makes it a bit of a unicorn. And this podcast, originally designed to be a bit of a delivery system of trying to find a way to get information on 16 team leagues, because everything out there is 10 or maybe 12 if you're lucky. And it's just turned into such a great place for us to share our stories and talk about fantasy football. So that's what we're up to today. You can find us on all the usual places, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. We're at Astro League Podcast. And also subscribe to us on podcast too, because we're on the Apple Podcast app, we're on Spotify, we're everywhere, Google Podcasts, you name it. Now, yesterday we introduced part one of my conversation with coach Ryan Van England and a little introduction to his love of college football. It was a great chat and it's available right now and it'll be right below where you found this podcast or hopefully maybe this one even just popped up because you're subscribed. We're going to bring him back in very shortly to talk a little bit more broadly around things like conferences and scholarships, transferring, bowl games, you know, championships, all these things that are a bit more uh, general college football, which will be so great. But first, there's going to be changes to the feed for the show, and I feel like it's just best to get this information out every show we do now until we change feeds on January 26. Over here, we know that as Australia Day. The feed now is currently split between two websites. So when you punch us in to pretty well anywhere you get a podcast, you get two feeds. And if the one that you've got now has the imagery of the words Astro League podcast, has the little white kangaroo at the bottom, yellow background, green writing, but the hat, there's an O in Astro that has a hat, a real swagman's hat on it. It's broad brimmed. It has little ropes with corks hanging off it. Real swagman's hat, very Aussie, very authentic. That is the feed that is going to live on. There's a second feed out there that goes through a supplier of space who we just can't store everything we want to on there, which forced us to go looking and we found a better spot. So we're going to discontinue the feed with the naked O on the 26th of January, best over here known as Australia Day, and that's a Tuesday in a couple of weeks' time. So I'll keep mentioning that until now, but in the meantime, wherever you get your podcast, quickly bash in Astro League Podcast and just make sure that you're on the one that has the O with a hat because it is sun safe and it is here to stay and the other one, it'll be gone by Australia Day. So, a big thanks to Ryan because he is gonna be back here in a minute, but I just wanna dive into what is coming on in the next few shows. Firstly, James Davis, we call him Seahorse, he calls himself the Sheriff. Actually, he's starting to worry that he might have some sort of personality complex, but we'll get him referred to somebody. He's gonna be back on Monday. TC is gonna stop by as well and he's gonna talk about the off season in the Astros Keeper League next week. We'll even have the triumphant return of Taylor very soon too because we've got a great window to talk to Sizzle and Quinny, his mates, who he also plays in a fantasy football league with. But Sizzle and Quinny run their own podcast too. So it's going to be great to talk to the three of them. Uh, We'll get to know a little bit about the league, a little bit about the podcast, and we'll get to dump on Taylor because I'm pretty sure he didn't win that league either. 
All right, now before we get any older, I've done enough procrastinating, I've done enough stalling, but I think it's time. It's time to get Ryan Van England back in here. Coach, let's talk a bit more college football. Hut, hut, hike. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have robbed Jeremy's side boner going for him there. <laughs> Your in depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor nailed, I've got to say. Now, Okay, we'll shift away from the Husker stuff for a minute. I'm sure, sure. they'll make an appearance. <laughs> you initially wanted to talk about just generic college, uh, how it works. And a little bit. Like yeah. Yeah, a little bit, because um, I think part of what I understand about college football is that, okay, so they're kind of clustered into groups, mainly sort of based around their regions and who's near each other, I guess, because I guess yeah, there's well, a lot of history was, about that. that. Was the original intent of, of the athletic conferences, yes, is, is to to basically form, you know, little leagues and you would just play, you know, just like any any high school uh, competition, you'd, yep. you'd play against the local high schools and uh, whether they'd be in the same town as you or, or the rival town next door. And like, remember the Titan style, you hop in the team bus, you roll on down the road and you kick their butt and then you come back home and you the, the whole town comes out yeah. to cheer you in the main street. Yep. So, so yeah, to I guess to use Nebraska again as a, as a yep. they used to play in what was called the Missouri Valley Conference, um, with just you know Kansas and Missouri and uh, Iowa and uh, or Iowa, yeah, um, and, and and then it expanded a little more, and I think they eventually called themselves the Big Six, and, and ultimately they were called the Big the Big Eight, <laughs> and that's kind of when I was born when that Big Eight. Era, yep. Where you know it went all the way from you know all the way from Colorado to Oklahoma to Iowa <laughs> to Nebraska. Wow. You know that was that was the entire conference. You know Oklahoma was the furthest south you went, and, and you know, Colorado was the furthest west you went, and and um, and I and Missouri and, and Iowa State were, were the furthest east that you went. So you know that wow. big eight in the middle of the conference was was very close together. Um, so there's there's in a lot of you know the original the conferences they were just they were just your little local local uh, uh, competitions mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until like the, the 1920s that somebody decided to put together some sort of mathematical formula oh here we go <laughs> someone's broken yeah. out the calculator and the protractor yeah. and off they go <laughs> yeah there's some sort of mathematical formula that were predicted after all the games were played who the who the best team would be and you know, my, my understanding was that uh, you know, they they came up with a with a, 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 a prediction of, of who that national champion was, and and, uh, and the Notre Dame coach uh, Newt Rocking uh, basically thought it was pretty cool, and he went back to that guy and, and he said, "Can you apply the same formula to the previous two years? Just backdate it, you know, backdate the last two years." Oh wow! They went back and and. Uh, and of course, New Rockney knew exactly why he was only only back two years uh, because <laughs> the uh, the formula spit out uh, um, Notre Dame as the national championship in, in that first that second year uh, back, and and then somebody else, I think maybe Columbia or somebody else in the year year in between. But that way, he could he could already put a national championship to his name. Oh, he could just go back and claim it and go, oh, well, I already had that, but yes, you all didn't know. That's one of the claimed national championships from Notre Dame. Oh, is it? Okay. Now, now this helps me understand why people hate Notre Dame. Well, it depends on on which point of view 
religion that actually controls Notre Dame, um, you know, whether, you know, Catholic, Catholic bias or, or anti-Catholic sentiment through the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s, um, you know, were the issue. I mean, you've you got to remember that uh, you know, for a long time, nobody believed that, that a, a Catholic could ever become president of the United States. Yeah, that's true. There's been so few, uh, right? Only two. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't until Kennedy in the '60s. Yeah. Became the first one. So, so you know, not liking Notre Dame because they were, you know, they were uh, a religion that wasn't popular in the U.S. nationwide. But then it's also why it's the same time. It's two two sides two sides of the same coin there. That that uh, Notre Dame also was very popular because they were popular with every Catholic <laughs> throughout, throughout the country. So for every what? Catholic who didn't have a team, Notre Dame could yeah. just be their team. This is like Jerry's Absolutely. America team thing <laughs> for Dallas. Okay. So uh, this is something I was hoping I would get to anyway, but that definitely sounds like a reason for people who... Um, I understand Notre Dame one of these colleges who put themselves in position to be difficult uh, with everything and want to claim a lot of stuff and it's just I, I, I'll i get I guess a, bit, a better understanding because I'll ask a bit more about it later but what I did want to find from you then is that you mentioned okay so there was big six big eight eras how are the division one teams kind of grouped these days and I don't know how much you can comment on why they're grouped that way but to the best of your ability well, if I'm not asking yeah, too much there's, there's lots of well why they're grouped where they are now is television money Right. All of them are trying to, all of the different uh, conferences are trying to put together a package of teams that's going to get them the highest revenue in their television uh, packages. And so, I guess just, fair enough, because that's the way just, people just, are consuming like, the game. Uh, yeah, just like uh, um, Channel 7 or Channel 9 want to put together the best primetime lineup right. throughout the week. To, to be able to charge the highest rates for their commercials. Um, that's the same thing that, that uh, and, and that's one of the reasons that Big Eight had to expand to Texas. So in the, in the early 90s, the Big Eight was dying because these, as television revenue was, was jumping up, um, the Big Ten conferences, the uh, Pac-12 conference, the, the ACC, the SEC, all of those, those other Power Five conferences were in high, uh, uh, high population, yep. television rich parts of the country. Uh-huh. Uh, the Big Eight was not. The Big Eight was stuck in the middle of, of this, the country with, with very low population. Um, so very few people that had televisions and, and you couldn't get them interested in watching those teams in the middle unless they were you know, playing for a national championship or something. Right. So if they're not super good, no one's going to, no one's really hitching their wagon to them unless you live there. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, yes, they were all good teams, but they weren't going to continue to be good teams because they're going to miss on a lot of revenue. All the other schools are going to start getting a lot more money. A lot more money? Yeah, fair enough. And then they've just got more to attract a good draft class. Well, probably not draft class, but, you know, a lot lot of more uh, guys showing intent, I guess, is the way they describe it now. Time, there was an old conference in Texas called the Southwest Conference. Okay. And they had basically their teams uh, were getting themselves in lots of trouble 
and the whole conference was getting itself in lots of trouble right. uh, because of um, the violations of NCAA delay rules. So uh-huh. when you look at like Eric Dickerson and SMU uh, and getting you know that, them getting the the death penalty basically where they shut the shut the football program down completely, you can no longer play anymore. So. These, these were all Texas schools. The whole, the Southwest Conference was entirely a Texas conference. Oh. So you had Texas A&M, you had uh, the University of Texas Longhorns, you had Texas Tech, you had um, the oh, SMU yeah. uh, up in Dallas, you, uh, the uh, TCU up in Dallas, um, the University of Houston, and, and I think Rice was even in there too, and Waco, uh, Baylor. Oh, Baylor, um, yeah. So, so all of those were the Southwest Conference. So this was kind of a marriage of convenience is that the four teams that were left still looking to, to find a place to go, um, they needed stability. The Big Eight provided stability. And the Big Eight needed television sets. And the state of Texas provided television sets. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's how Big 12 came about. That actually sounds marvelous as a problem solving scenario goes that really sounds like that fixes a lot of ills yeah well yeah it's obviously at the same time though it was a a marriage that was was relatively quick and (laughs) um, and not everybody was happy with it in the end so so, you know obviously Nebraska decided to blow up the conference because they felt that that, uh, Texas was too too much in control and didn't uh, didn't want to continue to to be just over in essence because Oklahoma and Nebraska had dominated the Big Eight so much. Um, the other schools from the Big Eight, the other six schools, decided to um, take Texas side on every vote you could possibly imagine. Uh-huh. Um, because it was just a way to kind of get back at Nebraska and so uh, and Oklahoma but Oklahoma you know didn't really care that much they were kind of doing their own thing and they were still doing relatively well um, so yeah it was and so then Nebraska just you know spit its dummy and said we're going to the Big Ten uh-huh. and, and, and so then you had Missouri take off and then Texas A&M took off and then Colorado took off and so then the Big 12 Well, so, so that's because the silly mismatch, mismatch names. Where the, the Big Ten actually has sixteen teams right now. <laughs> the Big Twelve, uh, the Big Twelve has ten teams. So. I was going to ask about the the way these things jump around a little bit too, because I definitely understood there were times where teams were switching conferences, and I can't pretend to have known anything about what was going on, and that kind of does fill a lot of those gaps. Uh, and it's it sounds. All, it's all politics and money. Oh, it sounds exactly to me like every state out in that part of the world, like, you know, every western part of a state out there that's got a lot of agriculture and every eastern part that has their state capital, and they have nothing in common with each other, but they kind of have to be married to each other because the side with the state capital doesn't have any agriculture and the side with all the agriculture doesn't have any finance. So it's, yeah, (laughs) like they can't ever really secede from each other, but gee, they don't have a lot in common. (laughs) I guess then my next question is around how the conferences sit today because you've used the term power five a bunch and 
I think, well, you know, I could probably name four of the five without looking too much like a monkey, but would you be happy enough to go into it? So who are the Power Five? What are you going to do to be in a Power Five conference? Well, you're going to be invited or just as, uh, kind of grandfathered in because you were there to begin with. Okay. Um, but you know, the, the Power Five is, is in essence the, the schools that um, have the, the largest revenue schools, both the, the schools that spend the most money on football, um, you know, it's, and it really only uh, it really only does uh, relate to football. Um, you know, the, the Power Five football conferences yeah. uh, probably aren't the best basketball conferences. Yeah. So, so it really only you know when you're talking about the Power Five, you're really only talking about football. But yeah. um, you know, it, uh, it's it's the the, uh, the Southeast Conference, the SEC, oh. um, which is obviously all the the, the you know, it's almost a Power One. Uh, in itself over the last 20 years um, they've just dominated college football completely um, the ACC obviously has grown uh, a lot in the last five years yeah the Atlantic Coast Conference um, they they really only had Miami um, and uh, well, Florida State Florida have State. been one yeah. that people know I for definitely for, would know them for, thanks to Jameis Winston yeah. and Dalvin Cook yeah so they, they, they kind of uh, weren't necessarily uh, I thought I would have considered them the weakest of the Power Five throughout the, the 80s and 90s and, and even the early 2000s, but now they're, they've, they've really come into their own in the last, last 10 years. Um, the Big Ten is you know, probably the, the most uh, you know, well-established and stable of, of all of them, um, but even they made a lot of moves in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, so what about that's three, and then you've got the, the Big 12 that we've talked about, which is actually, you know, 10 teams now, and, and I think West Virginia is one of their, you know, in the Big, big 12 now. Oh, wow. So they're, reach, they're reaching out to people all over the place. And, um, and then the Pac-12 on the Pacific Coast yep. uh, is, the, is the last of, of them. All right. Well, I reckon I probably would have had trouble getting all of them, but I, I might have. I might have. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's still Division One schools that are minor conferences. So, you know, it's like, again, I was saying there's, there's like 650 uh, schools that play football at some level in the U.S. Um, you know, there's probably 110 to 120 Division One schools. So that means, you know, you've still got... You know, 400 plus schools that, that play football that, uh, that aren't even in Division One. Wow, so that's a lot of football that's happening. A lot of football out of the spotlight. And by out of the spotlight, I mean you know I'm watching ESPN and I'm probably seeing someone from those five conferences, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Over yeah, here. I mean, there's, there's, listen, there's lot. There's Division Two. There's there's stars that come out of Division Two. There are great players that come out of Division Two and Division Three. Um, they just need to uh, prove themselves a little bit more in the beginning because everybody thinks that they didn't play through, you know, tough competition. Oh, yes. And if they didn't play in the five Power 5 conference, the reason they were able to put up those great numbers mm-hmm. is because they were, you know, putting them up against lesser competition. Jerry Rice came out of a really lower conference. Oh, Mr. Well, Bill, Mississippi yeah. Valley State or something like that? He was yeah, out of nowhere? Yeah. Um, yeah uh, who, who else there? Uh, Randy Moss. Marshall. Oh yeah. Uh, more, more, more because he was kind of, he got himself in trouble. Oh, I heard about that. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's just there's lots of, of team. You know, Steve McNair came was was a 
Oh, he's some, you know he healed he all sorts of quarterback records out of Alcorn State. Alcorn, that's um, right. Yeah, and obviously became a, a, a pretty good NFL quarterback in his own right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know the other one, the other one I always like to talk about is, is uh, Danny Woodhead. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the guy that bounced around the NFL for for so long. He he actually I think owns the college. All all time, all conference, all level rushing record for for you know college football history. Um, you gotta be kidding! He did it. At, he, he did it at the University of Nebraska, Kearney, which is a Division oh. three school out in the western state, you know, western side of Nebraska. I can remember you having an affinity with Danny Woodhead because I can remember having an opportunity to do a trade with you back in. I want to say 2013 or 14, which included Danny Woodhead, and you yeah. reluctantly let him go. Uh, yeah. But did make mention how reluctant you were. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's, again, he's a, he's a small, small-town Nebraska kid, too. So. That's unreal. And, and our stupid head coach at the time didn't give him a, couldn't give him a scholarship. So then he was forced to play in yeah. a smaller version of the same system? Yeah. yeah. I guess the question that comes to me next after we've... We, so, Understanding who the Power Five conferences are, and that you still either got to be a, a big school in the area at the time that these are getting formed, or be invited in at some point. Yeah. I always hear Notre Dame for starters is kind of one that they say they're independent, and I don't quite understand what that means. And I also hear always every other year something about um, a Central Florida sort of college, uh, you, the, the Golden Knights. I can never remember what they're UCF, yeah, that's the one where Bortles yeah. came from. Uh, being a Jags fan, um, I, I just, I guess, don't have a great understanding of what makes those different things. Like you know, Nebraska, uh, sorry, Notre Dame seem to have their own set of rules and they're independent. And I don't so, quite know what that means. Well, Can you elaborate on that? Given the bust of your questions already, politics and money. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame it was has always been in a pretty unique situation that they needed didn't need to band together to uh, attract the television money because they were so because they had that that Catholic population um, all around the country they had the television sets tuned into them no matter where where they were um, or no matter who they were going up against Um, so they didn't need to be a part of a conference to and so especially that NBC deal so so the uh, NBC, the National Broadcasting Corporation in the U.S., signed an exclusive Notre Dame football broadcasting um, really? contract with Notre Dame. So the, where you see, you know, the, the conferences going, you know, it's the Big, Tel- the Big Ten has signed a, a deal with CBS and then uh, the Pac-10 signed a deal with, with you know, NBC or whatever. Uh, Notre Dame was able to sign a deal exclusively with NBC. So I think it was in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Wow. And that's, I think it's still in existence, uh, but only for football. So in every Fair other enough. aspect, Notre Dame is an ACC school. In okay. basketball, they're an ACC school. In baseball, they're an ACC school. In all their academic uh, connections, they're, they're an ACC school. It's only football, that they, and it's only because they could sign that NBC contract. That's unbelievable. That's really so, wild to me. Politics and money. <laughs> yeah. So getting it with politics and money, now that I understand that too, I can again understand kind of why people either like them or really dislike them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when, when you realize that they're getting that much, you know, they were getting that much money all on their own and they didn't have to, to 
share it with any other school and NBC was just, yeah. you know, decided that they were worth that kind of money. They're obviously they were selling commercials. Um, yeah, it would, it would kind of give you a little bit of a, and, and then get all that uh, exposure, you know, where everybody else is hoping to get on TV two or three times a year, every home game, um, you know, Notre Dame's on TV. That's unreal. That's a really odd. So, that, yeah, that was one of the things that, you know, always kind of got, uh, got under people's uh, skin that they were allowed to, to do that. And then, plus, they, you know, they just had such a, such an ingrained um, uh, population uh, fan base in, in the media. Uh, you know, the joke was that, you know, all Notre Dame has to do is to be a one-loss team and they're going to be considered, you know, a top-five team and, and, and possible national champion. Didn't wow. know what happened. You know, it's just, that was, you know, because of the way that sports writers kick the, you know, do their polling, and then, you know, the sports writers always polled Notre Dame much higher than, than the coaches did. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they were always going to be in that, that top ten, no matter what, and top five. The wins, if, yeah. if they, you know, and God forbid it was an undefeated Notre Dame team, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's definitely going to be a national champion there. Oh gosh, did we see one of them in the last five or six years, I think? One where... Oh, gee, they were number one going into the playoff four. Number one going into the end of year, and then... Uh, the national championship didn't go so well for him, but yeah, it definitely sounds like for someone on the outside looking in. Oh, okay, so there's all these schools; they're all in divisions and conferences. But then Notre Dame have their own set of rules, and I never understood it. <laughs> yeah, it's just because the, the, the dispersion of Catholic fans all across the country made them commercially viable. That's unreal. But then on the other hand, you've got something like UCF, the Golden Knights, who. Uh, they're not in a Division One conference, but they often no. sweep their division and they sweep their out-of-division games, and all of a sudden people go, oh, they should be in consideration for what today is a playoff. They're, they're obviously in a similar situation of just kind of having people rally behind them, even though the rules kind of don't have a lot of scope for it. What's what's their deal? Do you, yeah, can you talk too much to it? The same, the same thing we were talking about with where they play at Mac. So I think they're the, the Mid-Atlantic Conference um, where they, they don't play the, the top-tier teams. They may only play one Power 5 conference or two, two Power 5 conference teams all year. And so when you're, you're not in that, that, that level of talent um, and the wins don't mean the same, that's, that's the whole point of, of the polls initially was yeah. so that you could have people from all over the country, coaches and, and sports writers from all over the country, uh, aggregate their responses so that the homers would kind of get you know lost in the crowd, and and the people that hated them for no reason would get lost in the crowd, and oh. eventually it would all you know it would all come out, and 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 it would be the closest thing we could get to a scientific uh, result without doing actual playoffs. And when you take those kind of human considerations, and 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 you you go, okay, well. You know, this is a, a team that, that played in the, you know, the Florida State. It, you know, obviously played in a, in a Power Five conference, and and they played Florida at a conference, and they played, you know, Miami, and they played a couple. You know, and, and of course the, the talent, the, the talented kids that they played were 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 on a on a higher level than the other than than UFC would have done. Um, the problem is though, is in the last few years, especially with the the transfer portal. Um, 
making it easier for kids to transfer around. Yeah. Um, that means that you can't stockpile kids the way you used to. Yeah. You know, that's back in the you know, 60s and 70s when those Power Five conferences were, were being created and, and those, those you know, big schools with all the money, you know, before there were scholarship limits, you know, Texas and Oklahoma and, and Oklahoma, you know, Ohio State and Alabama would give kids scholarships just so they wouldn't go play with other people. Yeah. Defense being the best form of offense in a way. Yeah, well, because they had such a huge fan base and they were making enough money, they just they would just give you know two hundred, two hundred fifty scholarships. There was no limit. You just give scholarships, and and we have you know eight quarterbacks sitting on the bench. But we know we won't have seven really good quarterbacks on the other guys' bench. It's a cynical business there at that point, then, isn't it? And I can see why then, if the transfer portal just allows a guy like. I think one of that's in the headlines more recently is a guy like Justin Fields, who played really well for Ohio State on the weekend, just gone um, before we we spoke. Uh, you know, beating up on a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's been at the one college the whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, otherwise he's sitting on a bench behind somebody at a college he never would have seen the field. Yeah. So, so the 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 talent that used to sit on the bench behind somebody is spread around much thinner than it used to. And that's why you've got these, the, the mid, uh, mid-range conferences uh, with so much more talent now because kids want to play. They finally, and the kids have finally gotten enough power that they can just you know, go and play. You don't have to go to a big school to be seen anymore. You know, back in, back in, in the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. You, you had to go to a big school if you wanted to get on television, if you wanted to get noticed. It was, you know, right now that you don't have to do that. The, 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 um, the kids are going to be seen. The, the scouts for, for the NFL will find you. <laughs> and it's, you, no one, no one's you can't gonna, hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you don't, so you, you know, now it's going to play for a smaller school is going to be a hell of a lot better for your career and your chances of getting into the NFL than sitting on the bench and only getting one year uh, at a big school. So, and, yeah, and now, trans- now that the transfer rules are so so lenient, you know, in the past, you know, you'd have to sit out one year if you wanted to transfer. Oh, wow. Um, and if you wanted to transfer in conference, a lot of times you had to sit out two years. Oh, gee, that seems really, really yeah, uh, wouldn't, onerous. Wouldn't that be horrible? Like, if, if you had committed to the University of Nebraska and you wanted to say, oh, crap, I made a mistake, I want to go to Oklahoma, you'd have to sit out two years of eligibility. Wow. Yeah. So does that count against your years in college too, that then all of a sudden you'd be yeah. like, right, so I spent one year in Nebraska, now I've got to sit out two years, so my last yeah. year, so probably you, so fourth year. You would, you, would, you would go to Oklahoma and you would just uh, sit on the bench uh, or sit, basically just go to school for two years. You'd still go to school and get your degree, but you wouldn't be able to, and you'd probably practice and train, but you just wouldn't be able to play any games for two years. Oh. So you then might get one year if you end up being the starter there in your fourth yeah. year, and then off off you go. You're probably going to declare or find a job. Yeah, like I said, it was it was it was a lot of indentured servitude at the time. I mean, yeah. it to a point. But... Keeping's off, so to speak, as well. I guess then if you can just offer that many scholarships and mm. keep good players away from your opponent. Yep, um, exactly. it just that just doesn't happen anymore. So that's why you get the rise of the smaller schools. Well, and we saw Carson Wentz, who was from one of those smaller schools up in North Dakota State, go, what was he, number two overall in a big, big trade-up for the Eagles to go and get him. 
and a lot of people on both sides of the fence are saying, oh, he'll be great, look at all the numbers he put up, and others going, he played against no one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do your due diligence. It's, it's gonna, yeah, I don't think it's going to get easier, easy, any easier. Um, the talent pool is, is spread out a little bit more. So the rules, you know, the old, the old stats don't necessarily mean as much as they used to, especially, and especially when the game changes so much, too. Yeah. You know, you can look at the, you know, we were talking about picking a, a, a fantasy football team for, for college athletes, and, and you go and, and look at the stats for, for quarterbacks and, you know, touchdowns thrown in a season or per game and yards and stuff, and boy, they're just, you know, completely dominated by the last, you know, 10 to 20 years. Um, and you wonder what, what, the, uh, what the guys from the 80s could have done. Oh, with today's rules. Systems. Yeah, with today's rules and today's coaching and today's nutrition yep. and today's sports psychology. Yeah. Yeah, it's not different than the NFL, but yeah. Well, and before we get into something like that, I definitely wanted to get you to, to list a few of those guys for me. Before we did, I, I thought I'd just go down this rabbit hole one more time, especially for folks who didn't catch the first time we spoke, sure. because these days it's it's still not necessarily clear, but there is at least four teams who get put into two playoff games. The winners of those play in the national championship, and that wasn't always the way. How, in your early Nebraska days, did a did did they ever get to a national championship game? What was that process? Well, there, there was there wasn't really ever a national championship game. You would just go. So for a long time, um, I think even through through the sixties, through the mid sixties, uh, the national championship was awarded before the bowl games. Oh, wow. So, the, the, and then there would be two national champions that would be crowned. So the the coaches would crown one and the riders would crown one. And if they happen to be the same one, so be it. And if they weren't, no big deal. Oh, um, wow. That's kind of cool. And, I like and, that. And what changed it completely, I know, I know they said that the, the riders changed one year where they, they gave after the after the bowl games, uh-huh. and um, and then that, uh, and I, I think the two teams that were given um, the, the so the, the number one and number two team happened to be playing each other in a bowl game that year. And oh, so just for the riders, the riders chose one team before the bowl game, or I'm sorry, the coaches chose one team before the bowl game. And then the other team won the bowl game, and then the Riders chose that one as their <laughs> national champion, um, which kind of made the coaches look bad. So uh, I think they, after that, they finally decided we'll wait till after the bowl games to, to give our, our championship. Okay. Um, but there, there was some split champions up to up to the nineteen the nineteen seventy one Nebraska championship um, is still co claimed by Texas. Texas thing, yeah, says they have. They have one of those, and even though it was the same thing. They lost their bowl game. Um, you know, they 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 were given a, a championship, and then they played the bowl game and lost the bowl game. And then Nebraska won their bowl game and was given the given the national championship. Ah, okay. um, so, but then it was clicked along like that for a lot of years, and, and every once in a while, even after the bowl games were set, were played, uh, the writers and the the, uh, the coaches might still not agree. You know, if there wasn't one clear um, undefeated team, yep. um, and especially if those teams didn't necessarily play each other, yeah, they might, yeah, they might play in, in completely different bowl games with completely different. Um, and so, the '97 national championship, uh, where Nebraska won the coaches' 
Oh. Um, is is a split national championship. Um, even though they both they they both won their bowl games, and they both won them rather spectacularly, and I think they were both undefeated. So you know, which way do you go? Yeah, um, how do you split that? Unless they met head to head, and then yeah, if that doesn't so, happen, I always I always argue that one where my Nebraska team beat Peyton Manning in Tennessee. And oh they yes. Beat them handle, they beat them handily. Um, and that was Tom Osborne's very last game. Um, and I think Scott Frost was even the quarterback in that one. Oh, and wow. they, they, they ended up winning the coaches' poll. Uh, but the, the writers' poll, they had picked Michigan. Um, and Michigan barely beat Washington State and Ryan Leaf. Oh, yeah, um, okay. So, so looking back now, we didn't know at the time, but obviously <laughs> looking back now, you know, oh, yeah, no, no, that's much more impressive to beat Peyton Manning than Ryan Leaf. Absolutely. Not close knowing what we know today, um, and, and Ryan Leaf's tumultuous yeah, life. Exactly. So, anyway, but that, that was one. That was one of the, the last the split national champions, and then you started getting the um, the BCS, you know, the Bowl Championship Series. And, and I think the first couple of years um, was was just we're going to let everybody play their bowl games, and then we'll after the bowl games we'll we'll get the best two teams together after that for one more game. Yeah. Yeah, number one and number two. Um, and that's all that mattered was just number one and number two. And, and that went on for a few years and then they finally expanded it to four and that's kind of where we are today and, and people are talking about expanding it again. Um, and then I think we went down that rabbit hole a little bit last time too of, of my opinion on, on whether it should be you know, four or eight or twelve or, or just, you know, Oh gosh, I think Everybody. we even mentioned six for a while there too, which I think was yeah. a, an interesting excursion as well. But yeah. there's definitely a lot of debate around that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, and there's been all sorts of ways and reasons why these things. You know, because like even the first few years of the BCS, where we were only picking the two. Oh, yeah. um, here we go. Who's number three though? Why don't they get a look? Yeah, at exactly. <laughs> and there were computers involved, and there were coaches involved, and. Um, and it was just like, oh, that's right. Nebraska lost its last regular season game to Colorado, and they lost pretty badly to Colorado. Oh, dear. Um, it was like a 63 to 20-something affair. It was one of the biggest losses Nebraska had. It was 19, was it 99 or was it 2001? Somewhere around that, that era. And, um, and so Nebraska lost their, their last game. And yet they still snuck in because of the computers by just like this, you know, zero point zero zero one, uh, you know, and and they snuck into the national championship game, oh, wow. uh, even though they had lost their because the the bowl game or not I'm sorry the the uh, the last regular season game was the the Big Twelve championship game, oh. so, so they didn't win their conference, but, but. Yet they still squeaked in uh, because of the computers into the national wow. championship against Miami. And then they got destroyed by Miami that two, it's 2001, it had to be 2001, because that 2001 Miami team was one of the best ever. Um, and so, you know, Nebraska loses their last game, but they still get the national championship game. They get destroyed in the national championship game. Oof. Um, that leaves and, a lot of people wondering what would happen if three makes it yeah, instead of so, two. So yeah. I, think, I think they tweaked the rules again after that to, you know, put in a rule that you have to have at least one year national year, year. Your, uh, your conference championship oh, yeah. to be able to play and then when they expanded it they kind of loosened those rules again it, they, they, they just were tweaking and tweaking and tweaking almost every year for a lot of years to, to try to get it right 
Well, and I can remember too, even in recent times, four of the five conferences had a championship game and one didn't. So then often yeah. it's just easy to go, oh, okay, so these four all have this extra game and whoever wins those can go in and whoever, yeah. you know, unless there's a really clear undefeated team from that fifth conference, we don't even need to talk about it. It's like, oh, yeah. what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> continued international success on your podcast oh, thank Goodbye. you so much <laughs> uh, and, and whatever I need to do to, to you know, help continue I, I keep clicking on it so oh thank you you don't need to listen you just need to download so thank you <laughs> yeah no, exactly no, I never listen just download oh that's very kind uh, no, I think this is the series of shows this will be two episodes that make you a star Ryan so you can expect yeah. to have people knocking down my door asking oh, to get sweet. in touch with you sweet sweet no, as soon as you get they might be yeah so i'll um i'll be acting as your agent and i'll be taking 20 percent. so just so you know all right thanks Maddie. <laughs> thanks for your time ryan look after yourself Cheers, brother. See you, mate. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F you to the vinegar stroke. Oh, man. It turns out, Ryan and I, we've talked for about an hour at this point, and there's still more to come. So we're going to talk to Ryan again in the future around some players, some great college players, and that's going to be another episode for later in the off-season. Hey, look, I just want to thank you all for joining us. We've seen a real explosion in people who are interacting with us on Instagram and Facebook. We've seen a real explosion, too, in people who are checking out the show for the first time, and we'd love for you to keep coming back and checking in with us, but I think the best way to have continual contact with our show is by those social media outlets. We post something every day through Facebook or and Instagram, and it's great to see all the interaction we're getting on there and the excitement around this crazy little League of Aussies trying to make it in a big world of fantasy football content. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Astro League Podcast, and I'm looking forward to being back next week when we've got the usual check-in with our mate the sheriff sheriff seahorse is going to come back we'll dive into more from their owners end of year survey and we'll get tc on in here to talk off season in the keeper league because there's going to be some changes there the other guests i've got coming on i know we talked about sizzling quinny coming through but i've also got this wonderful opportunity to talk to my buddy evan flay now, he plays a lot of Dynasty. We're going to talk a bunch about what he did with the 2020 rookie draft, and we're also going to look ahead and check out what's going to happen in 2021 other than my Jaguars drafting. Good old Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk about other rookies and what potential fantasy impact they've got. We're going to talk about Dynasty strategy, the whole the whole nine yards, guys. All right, come back and find us then. In the meantime, I'm your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C, signing out. Hooroo. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information and stats. With your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.